starting with the third chapter of Mark, beginning with the 20th verse. Jesus came home, and as usual, a crowd gathered, so many making demands on him there wasn't even time to eat. His friends heard what was going on, and they went to rescue him, by force if necessary. They suspected he was getting carried away with himself. Listen to that again. They suspected that he was getting carried away with himself. The religion scholars from Jerusalem came down, from, came down spreading rumors that he was working black magic, using devil tricks to impress them with spiritual power. Jesus confronted their slander with a story. Does it make sense to send a devil to catch a devil, to use Satan to get rid of Satan? A constantly squabbling family disintegrates. If Satan were fighting with Satan, there soon wouldn't be any Satan left. Do you think it's possible in broad daylight to enter into the house of an awake, able-bodied person and walk off with their possessions unless you tie them up first? Tie them up, though, and you can clean them out. Listen to this carefully. I am warning you. There is nothing done or said that can't be forgiven. Shall you hear that verse again? There is nothing done or said that can't be forgiven. But if you persist in your slanders against God's Holy Spirit, you are repudiating the very one who forgives, sawing off the branch on which you are sitting, severing by your own perversity all connection with the one who forgives. He gave this warning because they were accusing him of being in league with the devil. Just then, his mothers and brothers showed up. Standing outside, they relayed a message that they wanted a word with him. He was surrounded by the crowd when he was given the message. Your mother and brother and sisters are outside looking for you. And Jesus responded, Who do you think are my mother and brothers? Looking around, taking in everyone seated around him, he said, Right here, right in front of you, my mother and my brothers. Obedience is thicker than blood. The person who obeys God's will is my brother my sister, and my mother. This is the good news of Christ. All right. You know, it, it fits with us, doesn't it? I probably should have entitled the sermon I Am What I Am, but I didn't think of that song. I didn't get asked that question till later in the week. But it is certainly about controversy. It is certainly about the fact that, look, quite frankly, folks, when you try to do good, what happens? People try to screw it up. People they will criticize you. Amen. And it's all because I believe it's all about power and control. It's always been about power and control. Did you catch? Jesus came home and immediately all the people that have been hearing the stories about him, they're immediately right there. They're around him. And his friends see that he can't even sit down to eat. And can you hear the conversation? Because I bet you that you would say the same thing if your pastor suddenly became a mega church pastor. There would be a group of you sitting around there saying, you know what? Let's protect him. He's, he's not taking care of himself, man. 
He's doing too much. We got to go get him. He's thinking a little more highly of himself than he ought. Amen? Can't you see that conversation? Matter of fact, not only can you see that conversation, but you've probably had that conversation about different people in your life. And here's Jesus. You know, we, we have a tendency to look at this and go, all right, he did ministry for three years, right? And we look at three years and spread that out and think, well, that's pretty. Now, three years is not a lot of time, man. There was a lot of stuff happening. In fact, it was at, at Jesus' time, based on the speed with which news got around, it's kind of like it is today. Every time the president tweets, we spend three days talking about it. Amen? Whether we want to or not. Right? Somebody gets caught doing something, that's the news cycle for that day. Well, you know, in Jesus' time, there was a miracle that happened over here in Jerusalem, and the next thing you know, all over the region, that was all they were talking about. And so by the time he got someplace, of course, people wanted to go see this dude that they heard two, three months ago fed those 5,000 people. But what about this? See, because we, we, can, we can delve into the whole stuff about uh, Satan casting out Satan and all of that. But what was really going on here? Jesus was flipping the script, folks. He was allowing people to make the rules instead of letting the elders make the rules. He was out to meet people's needs. He was not trying to fix a soul. He was out there meeting people's needs and letting people know that they had an opportunity to have a relationship with God. Well, you know what? That didn't set so well with the standard everyday drama of life back then. The religious scholars had their way of doing things, didn't they? They had their what was it, 600 and how many laws that were supposed to be followed? They had a way that they had to go into the temple. You know, I told Alice when we first moved out here, when we first moved outside, it was really kind of funny because even though we moved outside and because that was a ballsy thing to do, I, I as the pastor, wasn't really all that ballsy because all I did was switch it from doing it inside to doing church outside. So we had still had to have church. We still had to have a liturgical set up and every p and q had to be just right and no you didn't get to eat till after service we discovered all of those things as we began to loosen up and begin to listen to what the message of jesus so i'm going to send you out of here with something today if you all go out of here and you are trying to live your life based on what the institutional church is telling you then you are wasting your time you're going to get confused, you're going to get depressed, and you're going to do things that you're going to regret. Because the simple fact of the matter is, the church has not had it right for a couple of thousand years. And yes, I said that on a sermon that is going to be going out all over the place. But the fact of the matter is, the church hasn't had it right. If they are not following Jesus, then something's wrong. Oh, and by the way, it isn't any different today than it was in Jesus' time. The religious powers of the day, let me, let me see if this sounds familiar. The religious powers of Jesus' day said that he was of the devil, that he was teaching bad stuff, that he was using magical tricks, because who was he hanging around with? Well, well let's see. Here it is. I found it. I, I went and looked for the list. He socialized with tax collectors, 
prostitutes and sinners. He was breaking the Sabbath and encouraging others to do the same. He was flouting the tradition of the elders. Oh my God, don't screw with the tradition of the elders, amen? Wandering around Palestine like a vagrant. Like a vagrant. He didn't have himself a church. He even called himself the son of humanity. He was doing all that stuff. Well, that wasn't, that wasn't their thing, folks. Their thing was to control you. The same thing as the church today. I was having a conversation on Facebook, right? This whole big conversation that they're having around marriage and marriage, biblical marriage, and gays don't need to be married, right? And, of course, you know me. I saw that, and it was with a friend, so I had to chime in. And I said, what do you mean, biblical marriage? You mean to tell me that you want your daughter, you want to give your daughter away to some guy, to some father that gives you two cows, a pig, and a bunch of money? Oh, you're twisted scripture. And then they start quoting this. And, and I said, wait a minute. You know, uh, I said something else. And then they came back and said, wait a minute. I just looked at your Facebook thing. And you're a preacher, but you say that you're gay. Right? Well, then you're not a Christian. Jesus was dealing with prostitutes. So he wasn't a what? A Jew. A good Jew, anyway. He was breaking the Sabbath. So he wasn't a good Jew. They are saying the same thing, folks, today that they were saying in Jesus' time. It is frustrating as all hell. It is like they have not learned a thing. So yes, that song that I played, that should be our national anthem. It ought to be, I am what I am, and I praise God for it. And let me tell you something. And I'm directing this at, uh, to people here that, you know, we've had these conversations before. You are worried about your family. Stop worrying. Who are your brothers and your sisters? Who is your mother? What did Jesus say at the very end of this when they came and said, Hey, your mama is sitting outside. She wants you. Your mama is concerned about you. Can you imagine the, the conversation that went on between Mary and James? You know, the half-brother? Before they went there? My God, do you see the crowds, Mom, that's around him? He's... He... Man, he's got the Herodians mad at him. He's got the entire temple. We can't go anywhere without people. And, you know, that was my sister's problem. My sister was mad at me for years because when she got to high school, she had to live the reputation of her gay brother. We know how that goes. Amen? And that family had that whole thing going on. What am I going to say to my friends? If it comes out that you're gay. I need you to talk to your pastor. Well, wait a minute, Mom. I've got a pastor. Oh, no, you don't. 
You know, it was all the stuff that was going on with Jesus. And so that's why this is important, folks, is ultimately, what did he say? He said that his mother, his brother, was the one who was following their relationship with God, period. <coughs> Your relationship with God is thicker than blood. Now, I know for people that are really tight with their families, that you sit there and you go, whoa, wait a minute. I don't know if I can make a choice between the service to God and my family. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you now that if you're paying attention to Jesus and you call yourself a follower of Jesus, if that's what you're thinking, you've already made a choice. It is God who gave you life. It is God who set you free. It is God that has made you who you are. Who do we owe our allegiance to? Who do we own our service to? And by the way, the last thing I'm going to say to you today is you do not define yourself as a Christian by quoting Old Testament. You do not define yourself as a Christian by quoting Paul. You do not define yourself as a Christian by buying into a dogma or a ritual of any particular church. You are defined as a Christian when you try to the best of your ability to follow as closely the teachings of Jesus. That, my friends, does not know gender. It does not know sexual orientation. It does not know color. It does not know faith. All it knows is that God came into this world and gave us an example by which we don't have to die, but that we can live on. God bless you.